0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, I'm joined by Brian Falchuk. Brian is the best-selling author of the book Do a Day, How to Live a Better Life Every Day. He's a life coach, mentor, C-level executive, and Inc. magazine columnist devoted to helping people transform their lives. Brian has an amazing story. He went from being obese and depressed to running marathons. He became a vegan in just one day. He's transformed his life and developed an approach to help others do the same. And I am so happy to welcome him to the show today. Brian. Thank you. So much for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Now, before we jump into more about your business, I'd love to know a little bit about who you are and maybe what you like to do when you're not working.
1: Yeah, so you hit you hit a number of the things uh, in the intro of who I am, but um, I'm also really into cars and gadgets and other geeky kind of things. But I, you know, first and foremost, I'm just a person and I'm a dad. Um, And that's really important to me. And one of the things that is extremely important to me outside of that is my wellness. So I make a point every day of doing something in support of my physical health Um, from what I eat to being active every day. So that's a it's a pretty important part of who I am.
0: Mm. You know, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. So how long have you been coaching and what led you to get into it in the first place?
1: So I've been officially coaching people for about six years now. Um, I've been a, a people manager in my professional life for quite a while longer. And so I've you know, officially or unofficially been coaching people for a while. Uh, and the reason why I got into it was I really just at the heart of me, I love helping people. Um, and I found that as I talked about my own transformation and my story, that it resonated with people and people started to reach out and asking for help. And that's how I got into coaching in a more official capacity, capacity rather than just sort of part of my job. Um, and I, you know, morphed that over the years into its own thing. And so now I, I do that in addition to whatever I do as my day job.
0: So everybody knows that starting a business can have a whole lot of ups and downs. And, We can all get inspiration from hearing people's stories about how maybe they took a disappointment and turned it around. So can you tell us about just a low point that you had when you were building up your business?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that was and and I think always is going to be tough for me is when you're doing something that you're really passionate about and, you know, the message, the values behind it mean so much to who you are at your core – when it doesn't just instantly take off and people, you know, aren't taking to it as much as you wish that they were, that can be a hard thing. Um, you know, having written a book, you go into it and people are like, how many thousands or millions of copies did you sell? And, you know, for me, it was a big wake-up call. Luckily, it was before I published it, but the average book sells about 240 to 250 copies a year. So when you think about how much goes into writing and editing and and putting out a book, especially one that's about your story and and trying to help people, um, it's really tough sometimes to face that, you know, if you think about how many people aren't engaging in it, that's a, a hard place to be because you're talking about something that's so close to your core. So that's Um, there's, there's definitely moments where I'm like, Oh, I just wish, you know, there'd be that breakout moment where people just got it and grabbed onto the message and and more people saw it. Um, you know, that's just not life for, for most people and that's okay. So I am having an impact and it's growing steadily and I've got some great exposure. Um, but you know, I I think when you're doing something you're passionate about, you always have this desire for it to really take off. Um, And so it's important not to lose hope or not to lose faith just because, you know, a million people didn't suddenly subscribe to your email newsletter or follow you on Twitter or whatever measurement you've arbitrarily put in as being success.
0: Everybody knows that it takes a lot of consistent action. You know, like you were saying, sometimes things just don't take off as quickly as we would like for them to. Yeah. But when we do take that consistent action, we'll begin to you know, at some point gain some traction. So can you tell us about maybe a tipping point in your business when you finally felt like you were getting some momentum or maybe the clients started coming at a little more regular pace?
1: Yeah. So it's an interesting thing for me because I when I first thought about what my tipping point was, I, it's really easy for me to point to publishing my book, which came out last March. Um, but when I really stop and reflect on it, it's not the book itself. It's the fact that I was engaging with the audience because of that. So I think I could have, maybe not just as easily, just in a different way, but I think I could have sparked the growth that I've seen since my book came out because that really is an inflection point for me. Mm -hmm. If I had just pushed it, you know, like you said, it's that consistency. This is a momentum thing. You have to be out there. You have to be sharing your knowledge. I think that's really one of the important things is don't be afraid to share what you have for free. If you're passionate about it and the message is important enough, putting it out there with consistency in a way that people will latch on and see the value in. And, and even if they never reach out to pay you for anything, I think on the whole, you will end up in a commercially successful position. So, I, you know, I can point to the book as being that pivot point, but I think it's really just the fact that I started engaging with my audience much more um, consistently and powerfully because I was, you know, I was giving out the message of the book. And and the reality is I could have done that without the book, but I didn't.
0: Right. That's actually really good advice, because, you know, as entrepreneurs, I think a lot of times we, we sort of live in a little bubble and, you know, maybe we're creating, maybe we're, you know, putting some things out there. But just because we're, a lot of times we're by ourselves, And like you say, you really have to put it out there. You know, people aren't going to just come to you necessarily yeah. if they don't even know that you exist. So, yeah.
1: And we, we predicate that pivot or our success on some point in time. So, you know, it was like when I, if I just get this book out, then I'll be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, it's funny because that's one of the things I help people on when I'm coaching mentor them is it's like, I just need to get through X and then I'll be okay. It's like, really? That's not really how life works. You know, if you're so busy at work because of this big deadline that's coming up, well, guess what happens when that deadline's gone? The next one shows up. Right. So it's not like I just have to get through Thursday when that big meeting is and then everything's smooth sailing for the rest of my career. So, you know, your your success, your pivot, your breakout moment as a as a coach or in your own business as an entrepreneur, it doesn't have to rest on some big thing outside of you. You can drive that point at any point in time. You have to, actually.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense because it's almost like I think that that's kind of what we do as people, you know, with the whole idea of making New Year's resolutions or I'll start at the first of the month. We all want to put some sort of particular stake in the ground and say, Mm. this is when... It's all going to get better. This is when everything is going to change. But like you said, it doesn't have to be a one particular thing. It needs to be every day working towards something.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that, that is the message of my book. And I think it starts with. Um, the opposite of exactly what you just talked about. So when you, when you predicate your reason or you tie your reason for doing something to something outside of you, something time bound, like just getting through till X or doing it differently because it's New Year's Mm -hmm. or a new year. What's the purpose of that? Like, how does that actually motivate you? Just because the time is different? Is that actually like a reason for doing something? So I think it's really important and it's the foundational thing that I work with everybody on is we've got to figure out your why. So what is your deep, enduring, underlying motivation? And that's a a personal life kind of thing. That's a professional career, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're working for someone else's business in a giant company or a teeny one or everything in between. You have to know why you're doing things. And if you do, then all these goals, all these challenges you have to contend with they really just fall into place because you suddenly have a purpose for doing them rather than just sort of gritting your teeth and getting through it.
0: Right. Well, speaking of setting goals and hitting goals, a lot of times people will measure their success in milestones in, Mm -hmm. you know, reaching certain goals. What would you say has been your favorite achievement so far in your business?
1: So if I look at why I wrote my book, um, you know, as much as it's been a great vehicle for getting my message out and, and getting more momentum in my own business, the reason why I wrote it is, if I were to coach people twenty four seven, which I obviously can't do because at some point I'm going to have to sleep or go to the bathroom or eat something, All right? Um, and I may occasionally have to be, you know, part of my family, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this twenty four seven. But even if I could, I still can't impact as many people as I wish I could because everyone that I help just energizes me so much. I just want to help that many more. So there's, it's, it's a never ending like monster you have to keep feeding is that desire to help people. So I wrote the book to help as many people as possible with, you know, by leveraging my time better. Mm -hmm. So get that message out. Hopefully people find inspiration in it and start to change their lives. Um, what, what I found since putting the book out, and this is, this is the thing I've felt is most successful about. It's not about the sales or anything. It's literally every day I've heard from someone who's been touched by it. So I get some kind of message, email, tweet, you know, wh- whatever it is, someone who's been impacted by it and how it's either helping them reshape their lives or maybe they've been through something and it's bringing perspective that they didn't have that made it harder to get through that thing. And so now they're finding peace with that situation. You know, maybe it was a death of a loved one or something or a loss of a job. Um, that's why I wrote the book. So, you know, I don't care about the sales and all that, all that stuff will follow. But to know that the reason why I did it is playing out, that's really powerful and really rewarding. So that's been my biggest overall achievement, I think.
0: Before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses on the real action steps that coaches can take to grow their business, I'd like to talk about the future just a little bit. What are you most excited about creating next in your business?
1: So I love getting up and sharing the message with people. And so the more, um, the more I can get into speaking engagements, the better. So that's where I'm, I'm heading next with this. And I've, I've done some, I speak quite a bit in my, um, my day job. Uh, it's just the nature of what I do. And and I've been really lucky to have opportunities there. And the funny thing is, is I've actually gotten a lot of coaching clients out of my speaking engagements that have nothing to do with my coaching work. Oh. So that's, um, you know, that's been really neat. It's just, <laughs> Something in my style resonates with someone, so they'll seek me out. And, and you know, once they start looking into me, they realize this is what I do. Otherwise, and and um, it's been it's worked out really nicely. Um, but I'd love to do more speaking on the topics that I I talk about in the book to get into motivation. Um, so that's that's where I'm focused next, and I've got some things brewing there, and that's exciting. And then I can take that into the second book. So watch this space; more to come.
0: So you already have a second book that's in the works or it's just something on the horizon that you know you're going to do
1: Yeah, so the second book the idea for it's always been there. It's a it's a continuation of the first the first book teaches this philosophy I created called do a day um, Through my own life stories and then I I move into sort of education mode to help you put it into your life The second book and i've said this all along. I don't want it to be my stories. I've gotten these stories from other people Totally different situations than what I've shared from my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to be able to create that vehicle for other people's stories to come out because I think it's really important uh, for people to be able to resonate with the message and to see a connection to their own situation. You know, I've been through a number of things that I share in the book, and and some things I don't share in the book that you know people who know me personally know that I've gone through. <laughs> and then they they see the connection like all right well you've applied this philosophy to get through those things and i'm going through something similar well what if you're not going through something similar you may be able to extend the philosophy to your situation you may not and so reading the story as it plays out for someone who's going through the same thing you're going through that has a lot of power and and can pull you in so i want i want to be that vehicle for other people to get their story out along the same lines as the philosophy so that's book number 2 is it's not about me. It's about, you know, the people I've helped or the people who the book has touched that want to share their story.
0: Let's talk about the book just a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what the philosophy is, how how you help people, how you, you know, yeah. help people change things?
1: Yeah. So do a day in and of itself is very similar to mindfulness. So it's about not being overcome by all of the things that happened before. So mistakes of the past. And also at the same time, not being, um, caught up in everything that has yet to come. So whether it's fear or anticipation of the future, you're not going through any of those things right now. So, you know, if you made a a grave mistake in a work situation, maybe you're an entrepreneur who's failed before, you know, not letting that failure dictate how you behave today or have you act from a place of fear and trepidation because you've screwed up. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, knowing like, you know, what if, if your burn rate's too high and you're running out of cash? Well, if you act today from this place of anxiety, you're probably not going to make the best decisions. You're probably not going to be as inspired to lead and innovate and grow your company as if you can free yourself from that pain. So it doesn't mean, you know, ignore what the bank account says. You have to make smart decisions financially, but it does mean you don't stand in the corner and cower and, you know, be unable to think through the problem because you're trapped by either yesterday or tomorrow, because none of that stuff's happening right now. And I've, I share in the book, a number of situations where I've used that philosophy myself, whether it was losing weight, I was about a hundred pounds overweight growing up. Um, whether it was, you know, business situations, uh, running a marathon, becoming vegan, actually, it was going vegan is where I came up with the name for it. I literally, I've been thinking about trying it and I kept having all these reasons why I couldn't, you know, all these like a business trip and how many how to figure that out. Like what if we're out at a dinner and I don't want to be weird and just like, you know, eat a yeah. piece of celery. Uh what about my son's <laughs> birthday party? Like I don't want to not have cake with him. He was still a little kid at the time. Um so you know I just all of these tomorrows that it just hit me. I was like, well I'm not doing any of that. Like why don't I just give it a shot today? So mm-hmm. I said, I said literally out loud, I was like, I can do a day. And I did because none of those things were happening and it was really easy. And, and when that day was over, I just said, yeah, why don't I do another day? Uh, and that was almost three years ago. So I've just continued on that path. And you know what? I haven't been vegan 100% of the time, but I don't look at those moments where I wasn't and then throw it all away because, oh, I screwed up and now it's all ruined because that's right. not how I live my life. So I, I teach the philosophy through that, um, that sort of storytelling from my own life. And then I help people with the foundational building blocks. And I, I gave that away already, but it's motivation. So for me, I had this really pivotal moment in 2011, which is when I started coaching. It's coming out of this event. My wife has a chronic illness. Uh, it all came to a head in the summer of 2011. Um, our son was about two and a half and she was bedridden and uh, the doctors had given up on her. And it was pretty clear that she wasn't going to make it through the summer. Um, and I stood there. I had gained a bunch of weight back. I was really depressed and I'm watching my son watch his mother be bedridden and, you know, facing her death. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me completely clearly that this is my reason is this little boy who's, you know, potentially going to lose his mother and he's losing his father just at a slower rate. And I am not an acceptable role model support parent to him. And that's all that matters. So I found my motivation in my responsibility to my son, my love for him. I need to be there for him and to ensure that he has this amazing life. Um, and that it was such clarity in that moment. I woke up the next day, July 1st, 2011. I'll never forget, you know, those dates. I know exactly what the room looked like. I know what I was wearing and all that. It hit me so clearly. Um, and that motivation changed everything. My life's never been the same. So that's why, you know, I'll always know what year I started coaching and how long I've been doing it for because it all ties to that. So I, I try to help people in the book. I can't tell you what your motivation is, but I can pose some really thought provoking questions and try to help you get introspective because it does take a lot of challenging yourself and self discovery that I think people are scared to do these days.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that it's, it's very difficult for a lot of people to go deeper than just what's on the surface. Yeah. For whatever reason. I mean, it, it is for me. I know that just talking to different people about mindfulness and trusting your intuition and just any of those things. It's just not the way most of us are programmed to go through life. And it takes a little bit of work to, to start doing it that way.
1: Yeah. And, and society is not helping. You know, we, everything around us is about right now and get it done and move on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's little snippets of engagement, nothing deep. There's no there's no time to take time. And so you really do need to force that to happen. You do need to get uncomfortable with yourself and ask yourself what's really going on under the surface. Most of us have stuff left over from our childhood or experiences we've had along the way that shape us, probably in a way we're not even aware of. And i I'm no different. Now that's why I was overweight. And that's why I've had, Um, issues with how I react in different situations that I've been trying to work on. It it all stems from these under the surface things that, you know, you need to take some time and get clear with and the the payback is huge, but it's time we get uncomfortable with ourselves if you really want to grow.
0: Yeah, that's great. Let's move the conversation just a little bit and talk more about business So one thing that a lot of coaches like to talk about is ways to make money. How does everyone structure their business? How are there ways to make a living as a coach? Now, obviously, a lot of people love the one-on-one aspect, Mm -hmm. and then other people like to bring in more passive ways of making money. I think you're doing some of both. So can you tell us how you're generating revenue in your business today?
1: Yeah, so the passive ways I'm not generally a fan of. You can certainly call my book a passive way. For me, that's really just, it's a platform. Um, I didn't do it for passive income. I did it because I wanted the message out there. It is about the one on one for me. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the thing today is you could say, well, we can't just do that. You know, that's not the way society works. You can also look at it as, um, you can just do that, but you've got all these great facilitating tools out there, social media. You know, I'm lucky enough to have gotten this engagement with Inc. where I'm running a, a column every week. Um, there's different ways to get your message out there, and that's really crucial. Whether you want to monetize that or not is a personal values-based decision. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm really clear on why I'm doing this, and I don't do this to make money. I firmly believe that if you really want to be successful, and I think you'll make a ton of money doing things this way, you give up on trying to make money if your stuff resonates, you'll be fine financially. So I don't really care about the money side that will all follow. Um, so I go about it for the values and the impact. And I think if, if, you know, it's just like a product that really has no place in the market, but to be sold, it doesn't succeed. Ultimately Mm -hmm. musicians who aren't really talented, but can come up with a catchy hit, they become one hit wonders. Right. So, you know, be, be that talented musician and have staying power, but be in it because you love the music, not because you're just trying to sell a record.
0: You know, the unstoppable coach family is made up of new and experienced coaches. But one thing that everybody really wants to do is they want to grow their business. So what would you say is your favorite way of bringing brand new clients into your business?
1: Yeah. My favorite way is definitely, um, speaking and engaging with audiences more broadly. Um, you know, in, in person Mm -hmm. and then stick around and have lunch at the event and, you know, welcome people to your table or sit with, sit with people who you cut out in the audience, maybe looking directly at you because that engagement is there. So I do think because I'm talking about impacting people's lives and not just a small aspect of it, you know, a lot of what I do is around wellness Mm -hmm. where people are trying to lose weight. Um, I don't think it's possible to really affect someone's wellness for the long term without looking at their whole life. So I do need to connect more broadly with someone. We do need to have that sort of coach, coachy, mentor, mentee chemistry. So I, I look for those opportunities to have a one-on-one engagement with someone, even if it's just a moment. And that's why, you know, I said I've gotten coaching clients out of non-coaching related speaking engagements because something is resonating, something's connecting. And we're, you know, we're in the same industry. So there's already that commonality there. Um, I love doing that. So, uh, you know, looking for opportunities to speak to different audiences, I think is a great way to grow your brand and directly grow your coaching business because you should be able to get people out of
0: that. If someone wanted to jump into speaking, what would be an idea where they could get started with something like that?
1: So I, you know, the, the one thing I spoke about is if you do have a a core day job kind of thing. As You're building your coaching. Are you an expert in that space? Do you have some reason for speaking? There's a ton of industry conferences in pretty much every industry out there. Um, so start Googling and find where they are and whether they're looking for speakers and how you might be able to get on their panels. If you see speakers there, maybe ask them how they got on. Um, these conferences love to put out who's speaking at their conferences a way to get more people to register. So, you know, engage on LinkedIn with these folks and most of them probably won't write back, but several will. And and if you can get one or two who have some tips for you, that's really useful. The other is, and I haven't yet done this, but I've heard that this is a really good approach is find local chapters of things like the Rotary Club um, or the Masons, a lot of Chambers of Commerce. Uh, A lot of them are looking for speakers on a regular basis so, you know, they like to have programming for their members. So that's a way to get out there and get some, some speaking uh, experience and just to start building a network. And these folks are often well connected. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're opening doors that open doors. Right. So don't be afraid to, to reach out to people. You'd be surprised. People generally like to help other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I think a lot of people go into things with this mindset of, no one's going to really care. No one's going to want to help. But you really just don't know unless you take that chance and ask. And you're probably going to be surprised that people are willing to help, especially if you're willing to, to offer that back to someone else.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, if you go into it with that attitude, it'll come out in the way you address them and interact with them. So then they probably won't be willing to help. Mm-hmm. So suspend disbelief for a moment. Allow for the fact that maybe what you have to share is great and people might really like it. Go in with that attitude. So much rests on how you frame the way you look at yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. So,
1: um, yeah, I, I can be really extroverted and I can also be really shy. I'm on a plane at least twice a week for my job, which is crazy in and of itself. But, um, you know, I never talked to the people next to me until I had the book coming out. I'm like, you know what? I've got a captive audience for a couple hours. Why not try to have a conversation? And for a good like six weeks, I talked to everyone I was next to on each of those flights and it was fantastic and they loved it and they've all bought the book, um, mm. which is really cool. So, it's just like me getting over the idea that someone may not want to hear what I have to say and right. just allowing for the conversation. And you know, people have amazing life stories and that's what the book is about. So, it's just... You'd be surprised. Just suspend that disbelief and be positive with the whole thing. And and people will engage.
0: Yeah, Brian, I love that. Just suspend disbelief and give it a try. And you yeah. just never know what might happen. Yep. So knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, what would you say would be the first thing that someone should do if they're serious about starting their coaching business?
1: Yes, yeah, so you've, You've got to know why you're doing it. So have a really clear and not like, oh, you know, I want to help people with what's going on in their life. Like, well, okay, what does that mean? And why do you want to do it? Especially when you're talking about something like coaching. So you've got to figure out your deep motivation because otherwise it's not going to resonate with people. So figure that out first and foremost. And then think really clearly about the message that comes out of it. How do you tell your story? What what do you want people to take away to See whether or not you're a fit for them and see whether they need your services. So getting to really clear, concise, succinct story of who you are, what you do and why they should work with with you and then get it out there. So no one has an excuse to not have a website or a social media presence, whether you like it or not. Um, (laughs) You don't have to like social media. It can be exhausting, but it is there and it's this huge marketing platform that you don't have to pay anything to use. Right. So, you know, you can at least have a Facebook business page. You can at least have a Twitter account, Instagram. Um, I have a Snapchat account. I don't think I've ever logged in except to clear out a message from Snapchat welcoming me to it. <laughs> but, uh, I, I've got the name held at least. Yep. But, you know, you, you got, you got to put that stuff out there and you can build a free one page website. Um, you know, hosting is the only thing hosting in a domain name that you really have to pay for. You can use WordPress and build the whole thing for free with no web development skills. Uh, or you can use a service like Wix or Squarespace and pay, I don't know, like 10 bucks a month or f- I don't, I don't know what the rates are. It's something like that. Um, you, you just, you don't have an excuse these days to not have a presence. So you need to point people somewhere to engage with you. And then it's about, once you have those things in place, consistently getting your message out
0: there. Exactly. Brian, this has been so good. I mean, we've really gone through a lot of really good stuff in just a half hour or so. So I would, I'd love to finish up with our final five rapid fire questions. Okay. So what is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable?
1: Vulnerability. So not being afraid to share who I am and what I've been through. Mm-hmm. really has made a huge difference.
0: What is one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop?
1: That's a good question. Um, I think compassion is really important. And everyone presumes that's about compassion for others. But that's meaningless without compassion for yourself. So take the advice you'd be giving people you're coaching. <laughs> have some compassion for yourself first and foremost. And then your compassion for others will grow quite a bit.
0: Recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. Uh, so I
1: would recommend Open Heart, Clear Mind. It's an introduction to the teachings of Buddha. Um, it's probably the single most impactful book I've ever read. And I've read some pretty amazing books uh, other than my own. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's by uh, Thubten Chodron. It's C-H-O-D-R-O-N. And it's uh, Open Heart, Clear Mind. Absolute must read
0: give us one online resource that you think coaches would love and that you couldn't do business without. Um,
1: so I, you know, I mentioned like WordPress, Wix, Squarespace, something like that to get your, your web presence out there and just this whole web theme. So, you know, all the social media, but then get us, get a free account and any of the scheduling software so that you can keep that content coming out even without having to sit by your device. So there's services like Later and Clout and Buffer. Um, they're all, they've are all they all got free options. Use them because otherwise, you know, you're not going to be consistently getting your message out there. And that's really important to keep that engagement going.
0: Great. Finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms are you on? And what is your website? Uh, so
1: you can find everything at doadaybook.com. Um there's more about the book. There's ways to buy it and also links out to the do-a-day book social media accounts. They're all do-a day at do-a day book. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Personally, um, I also tweet and post at New Body. It's N-E-W-B-O-D-I. Um, so you can uh, you can see that's that's probably my most active Twitter is is New Body. So you can follow me there. Um and I would say for your listeners, um I'm gonna put up a discount code if they're interested in getting the book. It'll be $2 off. Great. Um so if they go to doadaybok dot com slash unstoppable discount, they can get two dollars off and that'll just take you to a page with a discount code and a link through to buy the buy the book.
0: Perfect. Well I will be sure to get all of those links and all of the recommendations on the show notes page. Brian, this has been a great conversation. I wanna thank you so much for joining me today.
1: That was my pleasure.